Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation. I've heard some shows very recently, Joseph, where they talk about transit or just uh, auto, you know, the autonomous cars or other little aspects of transportation, but not all transportation like we do here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. It's about anything that gets you from here to there. And all those hosts along the way that I've heard... Basically, I, I, I hate to steal the uh, I hate to steal the phrase, but they're low energy. They were all very low energy and Jab. not very and not very engaging. Unlike us, you and me, and me, I am the traffic anchor for Denver Seven News, Jason Luber. I'm Denver Seven's own pedestrian advocate, Joseph Peters. You know, we started this off trying to be a niche podcast, but what you're saying is that our niche has been out niched by other people who have committed to smaller niches. Yes, they have. That's exactly right. So it's like you have uh, Newsland where you have all these different newspapers and magazines inside. And then we are the transportation section. But now you have a section for just trains and just cars and just buses and uh, quilting monthly. Love it. Quilting. And hobo times. On the show today, we have a guest that I've been trying to get on the show for a while now. Coming up on today's show... Reese Barracks. I believe it's Barracks. I'm going to go with that for now until Reese tells me differently. Uh, Reese is the CEO and co-founder of an app called Driveways, spelled with a Z, because that's what we have to do around here. Yes. Spell things a little bit differently. You leave out a vowel or two, and therefore then you have an app. Because you can't have a regular app with the regular word. You have to take out a vowel or two. Well, yeah, man. We've copyrighted everything. Driveways with an S is probably taken. <laughs> probably. So basically, what he does is they rent out parking spots at an hourly rate. Well, they, I, guess, I guess what they do is they have an app that connects people who have a space with people who want a parking space, and then they get together, boom. It's just like um, uh, what Uber or Lyft, where somebody wants a ride and somebody has a ride to give, and they connect them. So it's just the app connecting people with a parking space and people who need a parking space. That's, a, that's how I understand it. People connecting with people, man. That's what it's all about, I Here suppose, we are. right? Uh, it's an interesting concept from a couple of kids up in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, we'll find out more about it, see how successful it's going. We'll find out about uh, you know how many how many people are using it. What what? And really, I, I want to know what their end game is. How, if they're making money, if he's hoping to sell it, that sort of thing. I mean, you know, he's a he's a twenty something year old kid. Well, and can they market my parking space if I live in the middle of nowhere where nobody yeah. wants to park? Like, can I get on the app and sell my space to someone? Thirty cents. First, uh, I wanted to t- <laughs> tell you about this story. <laughs> Saying they have no earthly clue exactly when it's okay to enter and exit, all of the drivers currently in the roundabout at Springdale and Eighth Street admitted Monday that they were pretty much just winging it whenever they pass through. Who has the right-of-way? What does a yield sign really mean? Why are there two lanes? Should I stop and let this guy in? No, wait, that seems dangerous. Who's honking at me? Said Alan Sumner, one of the countless aimless motorists flicking their blinkers on and off, gesturing at other drivers, halting suddenly after a car is halfway into traffic and otherwise performing whatever dangerous and unpredictable action felt right to him in the roundabout. I've driven this way every day for 15 years, and I still have no idea if I'm supposed to signal before exiting or what the sign with those arrows mean. Oh, great. A pedestrian now? <laughs> At press time, the ambulance driver on his way to a six-car pileup in the roundabout confessed that he, too, was just winging it. I love the roundabout. I bring this up because on my weekly Friday Facebook Live broadcast, if you ever want to be a part of it, it's every Friday at 9 o'clock Mountain Time live. I try to answer as many listener-viewer questions about traffic, transportation, construction projects, left-lane drivers, all the above. Any, any traffic-related question, whether it's law-related, construction-related, whatever-related. Uh, I, I answer a lot of different questions. I, I ask even broadcast questions. Uh, or answer them, I should say. No, I don't ask them. I answer them. Uh, and I do that every Friday, again, at 9 o'clock Mountain Time. On Facebook, Denver 7 Facebook page. And this last one, there were some people who were perplexed about the roundabouts. They wanted to go on and on, moaning and whining about the roundabouts. And I was trying to explain to them how great the roundabouts can be. If you just 
relax, let the people who are in the roundabout go, follow them along. You you just follow the lines. No. No, it's not that simple. Yes, that, it is. That, that assumes that I it's know where simple. I'm going. That assumes that I know where the exit is Are you making a right? You're going straight or you're making a left? You can't make a left and a right on the same roundabout, James. Yes, you it can. doesn't work that way. Yes, it does. It can't oh, work yes, that way. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> I've done it. You're crazy. I have done it. You're a crazy It works person. just fine. You either make the right, you stay to the right, and you make the right. You stay to the right, and you can go skip that right, and you can continue straight. Or you get over in the left one, the left lane of the roundabout, and that will sh- uh, shovel you out and spit you out to the left, going, uh, making a left turn. Boom, you're done. Like my listeners, I have no idea what you're talking about right now, and that's the problem with roundabouts. Too complex, too many exits, there, too much turning, no. too much merging. Why can't we just have a stoplight? Because it keeps traffic moving, and any traffic engineer wants to keep traffic moving. Dude, stoplights keep traffic moving. No, they and stop traffic. And going and stopping and going when it's safe. No, that's it's bad. Safe. Poor. Nope, 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 nope. That's why roundabouts are so great. It's just people can't drive. You are the 1%, man. (laughs) (laughs) Not the good 1% that has all the money. Because if I was, I wouldn't be here doing this. I'd be in a boat somewhere. All right, we've been woefully lacking sailing news recently, so I have this for your consideration. A person on vacation on a cruise dressed as a clown prompted a mass brawl on the ship in which passengers used furniture and plates as weapons. The late-night fight in the buffet area on board P&O's Britannia left a member of the staff injured as they tried to intervene while onlookers fled in fear. The brawl took place around 2 a.m. on Saturday morning during the return leg of a week-long cruise to Norway's Fjords after an alcohol-fueled afternoon of patriotic partying on deck. And when I say patriotic partying, there's air quotes involved here. I mean, nothing good happens at 2 a.m., and this is further proof that you just shouldn't be awake at those hours, folks. At the buffet while drinking. (laughs) Well, you know what? You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Well, and you can't keep drinking at 2 a.m. unless you hit the buffet. One witness said that things kicked off when a passenger who was dressed as a clown upset someone who was dressed in a suit because the clown said they specifically booked a cruise where there would be no need to dress up. Now, look. (laughs) I've been on 10 different cruises, and on my cruises, I think there's been maybe one or two where they have the option where you don't have to dress up. Now, now they, re- they, they don't require you to be all dressed up, but they have dress-up nights, and usually like a week-long cruise, they'll have two formal nights is what they call them, and you, you know, gentlemen can wear a, a suit and tie and jacket. Or they can wear a full tuxedo if they wish. And the ladies can wear the ballroom gown and do the whole thing. They can go as as high class as they want. Or you can dress like you are right now in T-shirt, athletic shorts, and flip-flops. I mean, the only way to dress, in my mind. Do you get, Is there a tuxedo rental place on the boat? No. I am required no. to bring my own tuxedo. Yes. What psychopath does that? Well, there are psychopaths that do that. Now, I have never done that. I have worn suits on the ship because I, I like it. Well, all right. Well, you own like 50 suits. So, that but makes I, sense. And it is like my work uniform. Yeah. So it's like you go to wherever. You're going to Wendy's and you're wearing the Wendy's shirt. It doesn't, I mean, you don't even really think about it. Right. Well, I don't really think about wearing this. And I, and I like dressing up for, for those days on the ship because it just, it looks nice. I like the, my kids to look nice. It's just, it's just nice. Yep. It's yep. a nice night out. Prom is always nice. I agree. So there are people, though, that get really, really upset on these cruises because they say, I'm on vacation, and I don't want to dress up for dinner, and I don't want to be dressed up like I am at work or at the office. It just reminds me of that, and I want to wear my flip-flops and athletic shorts and no shirt and a hat. And there are people like that, and then they go to the buffet, which is fine because that's what it's there for. And and uh, then they, they uh, I guess, got into a fight. No, because, see, what you're describing is perfectly normal. You have some people that wear suits. You have some people that don't wear right. shirts. And both of those things are fine. And usually now, but, they don't mingle. But listen, now we're introducing somebody into the equation who is wearing a clown costume. Yes. And that is totally different because you do not wear a clown costume on a cruise ship unless you are trying to cause confusion and havoc. And that person was trying to do that. That's why they were throwing plates, and that's why there was a brawl at the buffet line. Yeah, and it did lead to this violent confrontation. 
And uh, uh, six people, apparently, including three women, were assaulted during the fight. Oh. There was a series of injuries, including, quote-unquote, significant bruising and cuts. One witness said there was blood everywhere. What? Yes. The people that were involved were confined to their cabins for the last day of that cruise, and then they were apparently arrested by police when the boat finally docked at its final destination. Jason, put yourself in this man in the suit's shoes. It's 2 in the morning. You're at a buffet. You've been drinking. A clown shows up, starts making jokes. All right. Well, I can't. All right. I'll just pretend because I wouldn't be in my suit at 2 a.m. at the buffet. In Fantasyland. In Fantasyland, if I was in that situation and I saw the guy in the clown suit, I would just laugh it off. Yep. Just laugh it off. Go look at this guy. I'd take a picture of it and go, look at this guy in the clown suit at the buffet. Ha, 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 ha. That's exactly what I would do. Yep. yep. Instagram gold. Yep. Now I'd have to wait to post it because I don't buy the internet package when I'm on a cruise. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't do that. But, uh, yeah, I, I just let it go. But there are people that want to let you know, and, and it's usually the people that are the non-wanting-to-dress-up people that are aggressive about it. <laughs> Aggressively not dressing up? Yes, and they want to make sure that everybody knows that they're not dressing up on purpose, and why are you dressing up? I'm on vacation, and you should... Well, look, if you're on vacation, you're, you're so relaxed in your T-shirt and shorts, then why aren't you just more chill, dude? Seriously. Seriously. Enjoy your Virginia Beach T-shirt, your bucket hat. And go have a fish taco or something. Yeah. Go have a fish taco. I don't think they serve that at the buffet. This week, a Phoenix TV station aired a feel-good story about a police uh, department, the Tempe Police Department, who are rewarding people for good driving behavior. They said they were going to do this by pulling them over and giving them coupons for drinks at Circle K. Now, if an officer saw someone following traffic laws correctly related to especially bicycles and, and, and pedestrians, they, they would pull you over, but, in, but instead of giving you a citation, they would give you a free drink coupon for a cold or a hot beverage at the Circle K. For anyone who values their Fourth Amendment as I do, this is a really, really bad idea. It's not even Fourth Amendment. It's you're going to pull me over for doing nothing. No, for doing something good. Right, like to waste my time to say, congratulations, here's a coupon for a 79-cent drink at Circle K. I'll just pay for it. Right. And save the five minutes. Like, don't pull me over, and I'll go buy the drink at Circle K. You're wasting my time. And a traffic stop must be supported by some kind of probable cause of an infraction or reasonable suspicion of a crime. So a, a traffic stop that lacks any of those justifications violates my Fourth Amendment for unlawful search and seizure. And that's no good. No good at all. I can't believe they even thought about this program. It's ridiculous. They didn't ask a commoner like you or I. No. What would be wrong with this problem? They just said, mm, people are going to love this one. I don't have five minutes to show to, to, to have you show me that, uh, that, that I'm doing something good and that you want to be buddies. Damn it, I know I'm doing good. That's why I'm driving so much. I know. I'm doing fine. I have enough friends already. I don't need you to pull me over. It's ridiculous. Leave me alone. And there's really nothing friendly about a police stop. Is there? You get nervous. You you start thinking about what you did wrong. Do I have a taillight out? Is my headlight out? Uh, Do I have my insurance card in the car? All of those things that start freaking you out. You get the heart palpitations. Let's say... I, I'm on blood pressure medication, and boom, my blood pressure spikes. What if I have a pacemaker, and it makes me all goofy because I'm experiencing some rapid heartbeats? Not good. What you if you that, go into cardiac arrest? Right. You could have that anxious feeling that comes with a police stop. No, sir, I don't want that. No, thank you. Now, to its credit, the Tempe Police Department seems to recognize that stopping unsuspecting drivers when they're not committing any traffic violations to be unconstitutional. And it was Detective Greg Bacon. I I, I don't know if there's any relation to Kevin, but it would be great. He said officers won't be pulling over drivers, but officers will find opportunities to engage and educate citizens on traffic laws. Huh. So, 
How do they do that if I'm driving and they are driving at the same time without putting on their lights and maybe a siren, which which any driver would then interpret, right, as they are being forced to pull over? No. See, I think what they could do is just shout over the bullhorns, you're doing great at drivers who are doing great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, still, that is that would just be so weird. You're driving through Tempe, and I'm going this, and here comes a cop going the other way. Uh, you're doing great. Continue driving, motorist. Love that turn signal. Oh, that bicycle just stopped in the four-way. Oh, that was beautiful. Good. No rolling through it. I think this idea has legs. I think I think there's real potential here. That was a lovely, lovely, lovely parallel parking situation, sir. Loved it. Need a free drink coupon? Got one over here. I'll pull over for you. Detective Bacon explained the positive ticketing campaign this way. We will be having positive conversations with citizens. Say an officer happens to stop somewhere and see somebody and says, Hey, would you mind having a conversation with me? Then we can educate them on bicycle laws and traffic laws. Because who doesn't want to be stopped by the police and engaged and educated? It's not easy to shout that over a bullhorn either. So I'm just trying to educate and engage you. Have a fine day. It's just... A police department dispatcher described the positive ticketing campaign as a back-to-school program aimed at bikers, scooters, and pedestrians and never really meant to target motorists. Oh, really? After this story was broadcast, Tempe police sent out another message trying to calm people down because the Internet got a hold of it and... You know how that went. They very quickly explained why this was such a bad idea. They said they're not going to be pulling over anyone now and giving anybody a free drink coupon. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's a step in the right direction. I mean, let's say they pulled you over and then found something you were doing wrong, whatever it was. You, You didn't have your insurance card or something, or you didn't have your wallet with you. And then, I mean, you... They, they obviously couldn't arrest you because they didn't have any probable cause to stop you in the first place. Well, but and they, if they did, then everything would be thrown out in court. Well, but that's just it, right? It's like, hey, I just wanted to tell you that you're doing a great job. I like that you stopped for that bicycle. Can I just see your license and registration? Oh, I, I don't have my license. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to write you a ticket for that. But here's also a Circle K coupon. Come on, man. It's terrible. I assume you have your driver's license with you, sir. If you would like, we got a hot drink. Need a coffee? Do you need a coffee? Got one. Just one. All right, I have to read you the story from Vice.com. It was written by Mac Lamaru, I believe. Lamaru, I, I don't know. There's an X at the end. They're so. all Canadian, so. Eh. It's titled, Canadian Drivers Are Causing Accidents Because They Are Too Nice. I tried to get Mac on the show, but I haven't heard back from him yet. So if, if we ever get him on the show, then, then we, we can talk more about this. But north of the border, he says, there exists something we Canucks like to call the Canadian standoff. This standoff happens when two Canadians encounter some sort of bottleneck at the same time. For example, let's say there's a door that two nice inhabitants of the Great White North come to at the same time. They both stop, look at each other, and gesture for their compatriot to go through. Countless man hours have been lost due to the Canadian standoff. The phenomenon is apparently out of control on the streets of Summerside, Prince Edward Island, where there has been a rash of accidents. The accidents have been caused by people being too nice, according to the city's police force. Apparently, drivers in Canada's smallest province have been yielding the right-of-way to others and unwittingly sending their fellow drivers to Fenderbender Town. <laughs> oh. It's going to be... It's gotten to the point that the police department had to issue a tweet discouraging drivers from yielding. Motorists, please don't be the nice person who waves a driver across two lanes of traffic, reads the tweet sent by Summerside Police, although you may have good intentions. This leads to collisions. 
They even included a nice little diagram of a nice little driver sending a nice little car right to its doom. Ooh. The police department told the Canadian press that most of these accidents are taking place at busy intersections or in parking lots. This isn't the first time crashes have come to the nice island. In 2016, the police chief of Charlottetown, the province's capital, called out his city for being too nice after they caused several accidents in one week. Being nice doesn't save you from an impending lawsuit or getting slapped with a charge because you caused an accident. Thankfully, at the time of writing, no one has been killed or injured on account of these Canadian drivers unwittingly waving others into oncoming traffic. Again, that was an article written by Mac Lamoureux in Vice.com. So, people... Don't be nice. Well, seriously, don't don't assume that you're the one who gets to say, "Man, come on, come on right. over, buddy." You don't get you you don't have permission to do that. Just continue on. Everybody is expecting it to go a certain way, so you have to keep going a certain way. Yep, that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Parking around a stadium or let's say in a large event can be pretty challenging, and it can be pretty expensive. What if there was a way? To easily find a parking space at someone's private residence where you could park with the help of an app. Well, that's what some friends up in Boulder, Colorado have done. They've created the Driveways app. That's Driveways with a Z at the end. And joining us here on the show is the creator of the app, Reese Barracks. Reese, thanks for being here on the world-famous Driving Your Crazy podcast. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. So, so Reese, let's start with the Spark that made you want to create this app. So was there some kind of a frustrating situation trying to park maybe at Folsom Field or some other situation that made that light bulb pop over your head and you said, I I have right now the best idea in the world? Absolutely, absolutely. So it all came to me um, actually when I was heading to a concert in Boulder with some friends. We could not find parking to save our lives. We were circling the block uh, round and around, and then um, it just kind of popped in my head. You know, why don't we uh, see if we can park in a private driveway um, and see if we can get these guys some extra cash and then uh, create a more simple parking uh, platform for everybody else, basically. So did you find that parking space? Did you ask that resident if you could park there for some extra cash? <laughs> we did not. We did not. So we ended up having to walk probably a quarter of a mile um, but the next day, uh, is kind of when we started to piece things together and, um, think that, you know, this is, uh, absolutely doable. And we decided to jump on that train. So when you were on that train, how did it develop? How did you come across figuring, all right, I want this app and how did it develop from that point to right now? So I actually had a mutual friend who introduced me to, uh, my co-founder, Tyler Kegel, who is uh, my current CTO and president. He is incredible at developing and building apps. So we kind of paired our brains together and uh, he was able to come out with a minimum viable product within a month or so, which was incredible. And then we just started improving the app from there and uh, it's been a great fit so far. Are, are you guys going to school for, for software development? No, so actually... Tyler was uh, going to school for mechanical engineering, and I was in school for finance up at Colorado State. So not necessarily uh, relatable at all, uh, but we've had this entrepreneurial mindset since we were very young, and we decided we might as well just go for it. We're going to regret it if we do not um, kind of chase after our dream with starting a company. And uh, it's been it's been going great so far. So how exactly does the app work? Step me through. I have my phone in my hand and I'm uh, at the app store. So what do I do next and how does it get me into a parking space? Yeah, so we wanted to focus on the the simplicity and uh, creating a, a very quick product. So all you have to do is download the app. You can either sign up with your phone number or you can sign up through Facebook. And then after that, if you're just looking to find a parking spot, you just type in your destination where you want to go. And then we will provide some suggested parking spaces. Um, we've created a, an algorithm that uh, does is dynamic pricing, basically. So it's um, it comes down to demand. So say you're trying to book a spot on a Wednesday 
Um, it's pretty slow. The prices are going to be uh, comparable with street pricing. If you're heading to an event, then our prices are going to go up a little bit just because our program is going to see that um, parking is in demand and that in turn is going to uh, kind of create a, uh, make a little more money for our hosts. But at the same time, we still are trying to push for uh, roughly 30% cheaper than event parking. So how do you go about recruiting then the host and what does the host get out of it? Right, right. So, you know, we, we've been pitching, uh, you know, creating passive income for local homeowners and businesses in the area. So basically, um, the, the sign up process is very simple for them as well. They can use Google Maps to take a picture of their parking spot, uh, select specific availability all the way down to. Uh, even an hour a month if they would like to do so. Um, so we wanted we wanted to keep that flexibility for them. But, uh, I mean, the process is just really simple all the way around. It's been, it's been growing by word of mouth primarily, and we've been getting some decent press. But uh, we're, we're looking to raise some money right now, and then once we can get that, we'll be able to target uh, basically – our hosts and our consumers at the same time. But right now it's kind of, uh, we're taking the grassroots approach um, and people are just starting to catch on, which is great. I'm speaking with Reese Barracks. He's the founder of the app called Driveways, Driveways with a Z about his new app. So can the space provider, the host, if you will, set their own rate? So they can actually choose if they want to uh, list their spot 25% above our suggested pricing or 25% below. But not, but more, with our but dynamic, not more than that? So I, you know, let's say your suggested price is $10, I can't charge 25 Correct, correct. Just because we want to keep it. Um, com- uh, we want to keep it competitive with street pricing and event pricing. Um, and with our dynamic pricing, we are maximizing profitability for our hosts, uh, just because they won't have to hop on, change the prices, kind of guess how much they should be charging. We kind of set all that up for them. But can they change, let's say they are not noticing any, uh, folks that are coming by, let's say they were charging $25 for the spot, but no one's coming around to uh, get their space. Couldn't they lower the price then on the app and and maybe entice somebody with a lower price? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they can drop it down to uh, 25% less than what our suggested price is. Um, But again, with our surge pricing, we're able to uh, drop it down um, and kind of figure out what that sweet range is in order for people to Um, continue to park in their parking spaces. So how much money that's charged to the person who is parking, how much of that money then goes to the space provider? So right now we're sitting at uh, 75%. Um, We're trying to figure out that specific range, uh, what people um, are comfortable with. So far, we haven't had any poor feedback with that 75%. And just because we're talking such uh, small numbers for us, um, we need that 25% in order to continue to grow the business and continue to provide more parking spaces. So your 25% cut, then you think you might change that as the program continues if you become more successful. Correct, correct. And um, we, you know, we found people are pretty excited even to make that, uh, that extra money that they wouldn't be making otherwise. You know, it's passive income on the side. Uh, while they're off at work, they come home, they've got 20 extra bucks in their pocket. Um, and we, we just really haven't seen any poor feedback. So we think we're going to stick with the 25% right now. But if people start to get frustrated or they think that's uh, still great, we'll continue to roll with the 25. There there was a time uh, my family and I were planning a trip to San Diego, and I was looking around. Whenever I do this, uh, we we look at resorts, and I look around these resorts for parking because I usually rent a car. I usually look for parking around the resorts because the resorts cost so much money to park at. And I'm always looking for free parking spaces or street parking spaces. What is the rule around these resorts? Is this something you think that could be maybe an expandable service where I could then use this to find spaces around hotels or around a restaurant or something like that instead of just an event? 
Oh, absolutely. And we're actually currently implementing um, an option to list your spot for a day at a time or a week at a time or a month at a time. So we're really trying to expand um, as, as much as we can just to provide those needs for, uh, for all types of consumers and hosts. We're really taking in user feedback and figuring out how we can better everything. But um, that is definitely our goal to provide longer term parking while still keeping it uh, cheaper than, for example, event parking or hotel parking. Um, so yeah, we're just we're trying to consume as much feedback as we can and provide the best uh, platform for users across the board. I'm speaking with Reese Barracks. He's the founder of the app called Driveways. How many times actually has this service been used by people looking for parking and people hosting parking? Yeah, yeah. So right now we've got about a thousand users. Uh, we're very young. We just started a year ago, um, but. As people continue to park with us, uh, they're, they're kind of talking to other individuals and spreading the word, and we're actually growing fairly quickly. Right now, we have about um, 100 parking spots across the nation, uh, primarily based out of Colorado and Southern California, but we are looking to expand into other markets. It's kind of a, it's kind of a chicken and egg concept, so we need our host to grow at the same time as our user base. Um, in order to keep those hosts satisfied and in order to provide enough parking for individuals so they know they can find a spot closest to where they're looking to go. But there's really nothing stopping you from expanding to Omaha or Dodge City or Phoenix or Atlanta, anything like that. I mean, you can go basically anywhere, can't you? Oh, right, right, absolutely. It's totally scalable. Uh, we are definitely available nationwide. And it is free to sign up, so you can definitely uh, check out the availability in your area so you don't necessarily have to um, kind of assume that, you know, we're not available. We, we may have a parking spot near you, so it's definitely worth checking out and, uh, you know, hopping on the app there. So it is free to use, and then the only fee that is really provided uh, comes to you via that 25% that goes from between uh, the person using it and the host so i suppose that's how everything works out so it's uh, i guess a decent deal for me yeah yeah absolutely and you know we we we're not only helping um the parking situation we're actually uh you know decreasing traffic in these urban areas about 30 uh 30 percent of all traffic in urban areas is caused due to the surge of parking um, and on top of that, motorists actually spend about 17 hours a year simply searching for parking, you know, and that adds up. Um, that adds up in gas, that adds up in, uh, you know, time that they would be spending elsewhere. And uh, stress-wise, too, you know, parking is not fun, especially when you're trying to park in a busy area. So it's kind of a win-win-win for not only um, our hosts and our consumers, but for the city as well. I keep thinking of it as like I'm in Boulder, Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, in South Bend, and I have a house that's right near the stadium, and that it's that's an easy transition to sell my front yard or my driveway to somebody heading over to the football game. But what about the weekday commuter? And I let's say I work in an office building downtown, and I am on vacation this week, but I have a space that I've already paid for that's in that high-raise building in downtown wherever, can I then rent that out? Is that what you imagine a, being somebody able to do as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we actually have an option for um, gate codes and whatnot. Um, so we're, we're accessible to everybody. Right now, we're definitely trying to focus on the security aspect. So we're trying to nail that down. But currently, we are available in... Um, for example, if you have a uh, parking spot in a high rise um, and on top of that, you can actually reserve a parking spot up to five days in advance. So if you're worried about finding parking during that commute, you can actually hop on the week before and figure out where you want to park specifically, get the most ideal spots, and you're going to be paying less because you are reserving it in advance. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've had to face so far? 
Um, great question. You know, I would say our main challenge right now is just providing enough parking spots for our consumers because if we don't have enough parking spots, nobody is going to use the app, obviously. They're not going to think that it's a, it's a viable product for them. So our number one challenge right now is trying to gain as many hosts so we can provide enough parking for everybody else. Now, you say this app is creating parking for the community from the community. Can you just expand a little bit on more about how you think that's going to be your overall theme? Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to go into this with a neighborly approach. Um, if somebody has an extra parking spot, why not rent it out and provide more parking for that community? Um, you know, kind of relieving the parking stress, not only for individuals who live there, but also for individuals who are coming into that town. Um, and in turn, that's increasing revenue for the local businesses because um, individuals know that there is going to be parking. So they're not going to be hesitant on um, potentially going to a business or going to an event uh, where they where they know there's going to be an incredibly busy parking scene. Have you been frustrated yet? Have you seen some kind of situation that's presented itself to you where you go, oh man, maybe this isn't worth it, or maybe it is just something you try to overcome and plow, plow through it because you know this is the greatest idea you've ever had in your life? Yeah, yeah. So honestly, right before we made the jump to San Diego, um, we, we were kind of staying stagnant in Colorado. Um, and then immediately once we moved out here, we started gaining some national recognition from the press. And then our numbers just started to skyrocket. We were up about um, 120% in the first two weeks of moving out here. And that's kind of when we knew that this is um, this is something that could potentially take off and that people are starting to hop on board with. But back in Boulder, um, it's, it's such a, it's small compared to uh, where we're at currently, but we weren't really sure if it was going to totally take off until we moved out to San Diego, where we saw um, kind of an instant attraction from uh, everybody else. We actually live in Pacific Beach, and you just cannot find parking, even during the weekday, uh, just because there are no parking lots. It's such a popular location to come visit. Um, yet there's just, yeah, there's no parking in general. Um, but a lot of these people do commute to downtown San Diego. So those parking spots are available from, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock at night. And that's kind of... Um, our initial target is for these uh, tourists coming in. Um, they know they're not going to be able to find parking. So then our goal is to get them to pull into uh, our host parking spots who may be off at work or on vacation, et cetera. Yeah, because that was the first uh, thing that popped into my head, that it would be really good for resort towns and for Towns that have uh, like big events similar to college football teams and, and that sort of thing. Do you have any plans uh, to sell it? Have you thought about or had any inquiries from any other big companies? I'm sure you would take a call from Google if they came knocking on your door. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, right now we're currently looking at about five-year plan before we try to let go of the business here. Um, but we have seen some uh, interest from investors um, trying to get a piece of the company, trying to see um, if they can get in anyway. Um, but you know, right now we're just trying to we're trying to ride this wave and see how far we can push the company uh, before we end up letting go of it. And finally, Reese, where do you see your little app in five years? I see it's going global. I mean, this is not just an issue in the United States. This is an issue worldwide. You know, if you're looking at the United Kingdom, um, still parking is a challenge over there. So we're really trying to disrupt the whole parking environment um, and just create a cheaper, uh, more convenient option for consumers and creating another source of income for individuals who are renting those parking spots. I don't think it's going to work out for me. I live in an area down uh, in 
South Denver. So I, I, I don't really think there's a lot of people that just want to park in my driveway. Uh, okay. And then <laughs> there's not really a lot going on around my house except for uh, hanging out with any of my neighbors. So right, right. <laughs> I don't have one of those desirable spots. Anyway, Reese Barracks, thank you so much for joining uh, me here on the Driving Your Crazy podcast. You're the founder of the app called Driveways. Thanks for your time today. All right, Jason. Really appreciate it. And that app, again, is called Driveways. That's Driveways with a Z. I'm sure they're going to do well. It's going to be a popular app eventually as soon as they get more people to give up spaces. And I'm sure it's going to be be successful. Okay, you know, international travel can be rewarding, but long-haul flights aren't anyone's idea of a great time. Is it uh, your idea of a great time? No. I have never really been on a – I guess I've been on one – from Atlanta to Chile, to Santiago, Chile. Oh, that's pretty gnarly. No, I've never done anything like that. I mean, my longest has been four hours cross-country. Because between the extensive layovers, the flight delays, navigating customs, the process of getting to your final destination could be a major drag. As traveling international has become more common and accessible, airports have accommodated the growing need for entertainment by introducing luxury shopping and a wide array of useful amenities with their terminals. While there are plenty of weird things that you can buy in U.S. airports, what's available in certain airports outside the country is arguably even more strange. Here are some of the most unexpected items and services available for purchase inside international airports. Shanghai Airport in Singapore is renowned for a number of reasons. One thing among them, is that it houses the tallest slide in the country and the world's tallest slide in an airport. You like slides? Dude, who doesn't like slides? How tall is the slide? Uh, It's located in Terminal 3. It's open to kids and adults. It stands 39 feet tall, which is four stories. Four stories. Four-story building, tall slide. For every 10 Singapore dollars, you spend somewhere in the airport on the same day. So... You basically earn, you, you buy goods around the airport, and then you're earning the ride on the slide. <laughs> Great. Can't I just pay for the ride on the slide? Apparently not. You're paying for it by buying a water or a book or a whatever. That's not, that's not even that impressive of a slide, man. Give me a 100-foot slide, and then we'll talk. Voodoo believers make up a significant portion of Haiti's population, and it's an integral part of the country's culture. According to Travel and Leisure magazine, you can pick up a one-of-a-kind Haitian souvenir as you're leaving the country. A voodoo doll. Who would you use the voodoo doll on? Can't talk about that. Is that one of the rules, one of the rules of voodoo dolls? I don't know if it's a voodoo doll rule. I think it's an HR rule. Just in case you didn't get one in any of the country markets that you were leaving, now you can get one when you're leaving the airport. I I try to leave Haiti with six voodoo dolls every time I visit. Uh, That movie, what's it called? Um, Oh, goodness. Now I just lost it, but I have it in my head. I guarantee Um, I haven't seen it. You probably haven't. It was the one where the guy gets that, uh, I think he's in in Haiti, and he gets uh, that... uh, powder that makes you it's like that zombie powder that makes you kind of die for three days and you wake up something oh man i can't the serpent and the rainbow serpent and the rainbow oh it's it's a scary movie okay all right you can't predict when a dental emergency is going to strike and being beset with sudden acute tooth pain can put a real damper on any vacation or work trip but if you happen to be in germany's munich airport when the ache you've been putting off for weeks abruptly becomes unbearable you're in luck There's a dental practice in a lab inside the airport. The doctors at the practice offer comprehensive dental services, including preventive dentistry, cosmetic services, and even implants. There you go. Okay. Fly to Munich and get some uh, beer and some dental work done. Hong Kong International is a massive travel hub. And accordingly, they've poured out a lot of time and resources into making it chock full of entertainment for... Harried Flyers. Among its many amenities is a nine-hole golf course. Oh. It was built to U.S. Golf Association standards, so a full regulation golf course, not like some putt-putt gimmick thing that they have out at Denver International Airport that nobody can really play because it's in the main terminal, and when you get to the airport, where do you not want to be? In the main terminal because it takes you a half an hour to get through security. So it would be better if they put this thing in, like, Concourse B. 
Hi, anyway, DIA. It's that, very nice to hear from you, by the way. A little detour there. <laughs> There's also a little-known golf course located inside the Don Wang Airport in Bangkok, Thailand. It has 18 holes set up between takeoff and landing runways. <laughs> what? <laughs> so maybe the jet wash is the reason that your uh, nine iron went a little bit uh, <laughs> off, of, off of the green. If you're in Heathrow... But not so much interested in the fine art scene. There's also plenty of lower brow merchandise you can you can peruse. The Harry po- Potter shop sells official merchandise, including apparel, souvenirs, and collectibles. Among the offerings you can reserve for purchase ahead of time are replica Hogwarts school trunks, and uh, you know that I mean yeah. not like shorts trunks, but you know the trunk where you carry things. Yes, uh, and Harry's very own wand. I don't understand what is lowbrow about that. Uh, well, I, I guess it's not as high artistic fashion as uh, or high-minded. I, I don't know. Listen, as, I'm speaking as, for a generation as, as here. Monet and the rest. I'd put Potter right up there with Monet. I'll bet. Yep. Traveling is stressful and getting a spa treatment is a tried and true way to de-stress. Plenty of airports offer spas, but one at the Amsterdam airport is a bit unique. The Back to Life Spa offers a number of massage services, including an aqua massage, where you are wrapped up in a waterproof blanket, you're sprayed with a variety of water pressures and temperatures from 36 different jets. That just sounds weird. It does. It does. Uh, I'm in. I'm not. Okay. I don't think I want that. I don't like people... Well, I guess it's just water touching me. I don't like other people touching me, but... I guess I could. No, I'm not. Still not going to do it. Nope. Vancouver's <laughs> aquarium is located in Stanley Park, but there's an extension of it located inside Vancouver's International Airport. The 30,000 gallon tank that houses hundreds of marine life species is the world's biggest airport aquarium. There's a second display on the upper level. It's interesting. I like this. I, I think love every, aquariums. Every airport should have an aquarium. I would love to have a floor aquarium. Yes. A floor aquarium. Yes. And even a ceiling aquarium. A little much, but okay. Airports can be pretty romantic. Actually, you know, if you uh, go to the Bahamas and over at at, uh, at the Atlantis Resort, they have a huge aquarium there when you first go in. It's just gigantic. But they also have this walking path deal where you can go and see these different aquatic things. And they have this one where you're in this tube, this... Uh, I guess it's plexiglass, maybe it's glass, I don't know, but it's a clear thing, and it's a tunnel, and there are lobsters everywhere, and, oh, okay. and they're crawling all over the thing. It's really, and then there's the, you know, the fish are swimming by, so but, it's really awesome. But is there a water slide through it? They do have a water slide, I think, that goes through the aquarium. That's what's up, man. Wa- aquarium water slides are my favorite. Golden Nugget in Las Vegas had one of those right through the shark tank. Fantastic. <laughs> the Golden Nugget. Gotta love the Nugget, man. Airports can be uh, pretty romantic settings for emotional hellos and goodbyes, can't they? Think Casablanca. Sure. Have you seen that one at least? I've seen the scene you're referring to. Unbelievable. If you're re- re- Sorry, I haven't seen a movie from the 1940s, my bad. Like, <laughs> If you're reuniting with a special someone and the mood strikes to declare your love in the most permanent way imaginable, you could actually swing by a jeweler pick up an engagement ring to pop the question right then and there. A number of international airports actually have high-end jewelry shops within their terminals. Tokyo's airport has two Tiffany stores. Wow. Heathrow has one. And here's one obvious bonus of making this life-altering purchase during your layover. You could potentially save a bunch of money because it could be duty-free. No taxes. I mean, you're saving some good money there. I like that. I do like saving money, and I like diamonds. So, London's Heathrow Terminal 5 is generally considered one of the best for shopping. Among the long list of luxury shops is the T5 Gallery, one of only a few permanent commercial fine art galleries located in any airport. The T5 Gallery was even honored with a special mention at the Corporate Art Awards in late 2018 for the promotion of art to a wide international audience of travelers. So there you go. You have fine art and you have Harry Potter art all in London. A visit to the optometrist, as, as you just had. How, how did how'd that go? Not great? Nope, not great. Generally, it's something that happens annually, and, and in, unless it's particularly urgent. 
But if you have some time to kill and money to spare, Iceland's airport has a full-service optical studio. The optometrists promise efficiency and fast service with measurements and even prescription glasses ready to go in 15 minutes. 15 minutes? I think it would take you a little bit longer because it looks like you're looking through Coke bottles. 15 minutes? That's what it says, 15 minutes. And finally, one of Peru's premier souvenirs is its alpaca wool sweaters. Alpaca, we see them at the stock show every year here in Denver. Among other places, we are this station, in fact, uniquely qualified to cover alpacas. We, we are one of the premier alpaca uh, journalism sources in Colorado. How is that? Uh, we have one person who really likes alpacas and writes a lot of stories about them. I heard something about either alpacas or llamas being at this Colorado festival that we're having. That's correct. There will be I, both, potentially. Now, if you visit the country, Peru, and realize that you forgot to pick up one of these alpaca wool sweaters, or simply planned ahead of time to take advantage of the airport's tax-free benefits, you can buy one of those at the international airport there in Lima after visiting Machu Picchu. Great story about that. Great story. Former anchor Christine Chang. She was visiting or planning a trip to go to Peru to go to Machu Picchu. And she, and it was, she wanted to do it into, uh, in November. And she, nor, and she, <laughs> I'm not kidding. She asked this question. Do they celebrate Thanksgiving in Peru? Do they? <laughs> Seriously, she asked that question. Mm. The correct answer is no. They do not celebrate the United States Thanksgiving in Peru. There you have it. There you have it. Anyway, that's the show. And I am out of here. That's Sorry, that's the Dennis Miller line. Uh, no, <laughs> thanks again for being here. Thanks for uh, listening to the program. I have nothing planned for next week, so I don't know what we're going to do or who we're going to interview. But, again, we had no calls this week. I was checking the voicemail and hoping we were going to get some calls. 303-832-0217 is the phone number if you want to be on the program. There you go. You, you look like you have something to say, but nothing, you have nothing, nothing to say. Nothing to say. You're, you're, Bombs away, y'all. Like, let, keep those calls coming, or I guess start those calls coming. Oh, yeah, and also rate, review, and repeat, because uh, I've seen some pretty good rating, uh, at least some new ratings there on the Apple Podcast uh, uh, deal. So thank you for all that, and, yeah. and, and keep them coming. And if you're not going to give us five stars, don't don't bother. No, I yeah, don't bother. Give me some one stars. I yeah. don't care. Give me something. We'll take whatever you got. Uh, thanks again, anyway, for being here. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. I'm roundabout hater, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Thank you.